Hey, y'all. This is Dr. Joy from the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. And this is a booster session. As a reminder, the information included is meant to be educational and entertaining, but is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for a special bonus episode of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll jump into the conversation right after a word from our sponsors. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. I've seen quite a few videos on social media recently of young women soliciting help in finding the perfect dress for graduation. Might I suggest you add Macy's to your list? They have lots of options for dresses that will transition perfectly from under your gown to that incredible dinner with family after the ceremony. Check out options from brands like On 34th, Michael Kors, DKNY, and many more. Shop at Macy's.com or in-store. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. 
This week on Insecure, we catch up with Issa and Nathan reconvening after that very awkward night at her apartment. And of course, we have some thoughts. Dr. Donna Oriowo is back with me to chat about what we saw this week and where we might be headed. If you missed her before, Dr. Oriowo is an author, international speaker, and certified sex and relationship therapist in the Washington, D.C. metro area. She's the owner of A Nod Right and specializes in working with Black women on issues related to colorism and texturism and its impact on mental and sexual health. She's also the author of Cocoa Butter and Hair Grease, A Self-Love Journey Through Hair and Skin. She and I chatted about the difficulties with communication that persists with Issa and Nathan, the tension between who Nathan is now and who he might have been in the past, and what the future might hold for them. This episode does contain spoilers, so if you haven't watched the latest episode, save this conversation until you've had a chance to watch. And share your thoughts with us on social media about the episode. Make sure to use the hashtag TBG in session. Here's our conversation. I mean, well, let's set the stage, right? Let's set the stage. So the episode opens with the beach event, right? So this is what Nathan and Issa, of course, had talked about earlier in the season that he wanted to do some kind of like customer appreciation thing maybe for the customers from the barber shop. And so we see them at the beach, him and his friends or the fellow barbers putting on their sunscreen, which actually was only lotion, right? So the <laughs> so the oh, laughs no. start pretty immediately. <laughs> so that's our setting. And so he and the friends are setting up and then we see... Issa and Molly and Kelly show up a little later and it is very clear that Issa and Nathan have not talked since a week ago which so a week ago was the crying incident where she asked him to spend the night and they were kissing and she ended up crying in his mouth. So what we see is that like there is this awkwardness, right? So very much a callback to Awkward Black Girl and early seasons of Insecure. Like Issa, I feel like has continued to be at different levels of awkward. But I feel like this was like peak awkward this week. Yeah, it was physically painful to watch. I just like, oh, ow. I'm like, come on, girl, spit it out. Oh, please don't say that. Yeah, please. It was, it was very painful to watch. So what do you kind of make of the fact that clearly they have not talked in this week and, you know, she just kind of shows up at this event? Uh, honestly, I just like, okay, are we being passive here? Are we wanting to have the conversation? And there was this like desire for her to have the conversation. And I mean, you saw it. <laughs> right. This is the continuing theme. Because... Exactly. I was just like, this felt like a communication episode where the previous episode was Mm -hmm. how they're not talking and how that lack of communication was messing things up. You see it start in this space, but you also get to see them do more progression into the sort of conversations that they wanted to be having. And I think it was just like this piece around not wanting to look a certain way. And I felt like maybe that's what this was about, like how we see ourselves, how we desire for others to see us and how they actually see us. I felt like this was the theme of this particular episode, just the juxtaposition of what we see about ourselves, what we know about ourselves and what other people mm-hmm. also know about definitely, us. Definitely, definitely. I mean, and you know, as the episode progresses, like you said, we do see them move deeper into having like more of the conversation that it feels like they should have been having. But I still don't know that we all the way got there. No, we did not. We did not. But I feel like they really opened mm-hmm. the door toward it, especially at the end. Like I felt like that for me was such a vulnerability type moment. 
to willingly put your cards down on the table, not knowing how it is going to be received, but being able to state, this is the thing that I want, because I felt like they were talking about their miscommunication spaces, right? Like they were like, well, I expected you to be there when I woke up. And she's just like, oh, I right. didn't know that we had expectations for each other. And I'm just like, boom, how many of y'all live in that life? Because a lot of people are, where we have expectations for someone else that we have never stated to them. And so when they behave in the way that we behave, we butt hurt. We got all these feelings about it. And your feelings are neither right nor wrong. They're just feelings. They're just information to let you know that something mm -hmm. works or does not work for you. But I'm like, the person is not wrong because of what they did. You had an expectation of them right. that was unstated. And if you state your desire, now they have a choice of whether or not they would like to meet your desire. Otherwise, they're just going to meet their own thing, which may be yes. a completely opposing desire. Yeah, and I think we very much see that both Issa and Nathan have ideas in their head about like how this relationship with the other person is going to operate that they're not actually communicating right because if we even back up to Issa inviting Nathan over you know so clearly we had had all of that stuff with the show she did and so she was feeling I think very overwhelmed and so she you know wanted some support mm -hmm. and she asked Nathan to come over but then she asked him to spend the night and so in my mind that is like some expectation mm -hmm. that you know she maybe has but that she has not clearly communicated to him and then he accepts the invitation and then we see her crying and so I think I'm just wondering like how are they going to be able to move forward because we see them both being very avoidant of this communication so what do we think that this is going to look like and like how might they work a little better to be more open to communication if this relationship is to progress honestly I feel like if there was going to be anyone who would be able to move toward mm healthier communication, it's them. I'm thinking back to when they first were meeting each other. I believe he might've been in a manic space at that time, but the communication and the vibe was, you know, it was great. And during this time where, you know, he came back from ghosting and basically apologized right. to earn her trust back, to even be her friend. All of this has been, you know, a trust exercise and trying to increase the communication and the transparency between them, which they were doing successfully is because both of them had a desire to pivot their relationship, mm -hmm. that things became murky again. And I think that some of that is because we've been taught that if you are in a, particularly in a romantic relationship, you don't have to be as clear <laughs> that the other person read. should just know. Yeah. Exactly. Mind read. You should just, you should just know that if you was really vibing with me, if you was really feeling me, then you would know. And I think that when we are not intentional, we fall back into patterns of communication that maybe not have served us well in the past, but certainly are the patterns of communication in which we have been taught we're supposed to be in when we are looking for a specific type of situation. So I think it's both them, they didn't know how to pivot and they didn't know how to state it to the other and whether or not the other would be receptive to the mm -hmm. pivot that they were wanting to make. Yeah, I mean, because clearly, you know, Issa was ready to invite, you know, more than just a friendship when she asked him to spend the night, but there had been no communication. So we see him come over expecting kind of to just show up as the, in the friend space. And she is, you know, of course, now open to more. Now, I do think, though, it is also important to think about given 
how we saw Nathan behave before with just the ghosting. I would imagine that him being gone that next morning woke Mm -hmm. that back up for Issa, right? Like, oh gosh, here we go again. But I'm Mm -hmm. wondering, you know, how could Nathan have supported Issa from a friendship angle when she clearly was upset that night? You know, I think that he should have expected to be in a friendship angle. And I think that he did. And when she pivoted, he tried to meet her in that pivot. He's just like, oh, snap. I get the chance that I was asking for before. It seems like we may actually be on the same page. And then, you know, the crying and all that is like, oh, snap. And he did apologize. He's just like, you know what? I don't know that you were ready and we probably should have been mm-hmm. clear. I mean, I don't think he said all those words. I think I put those words in his mouth. But, <laughs> you know, but the part where he apologized for kissing her and she apologized in turn for asking him to stay over. I feel like those were incomplete apologies because they're apologizing for the thing. But really what they're mm-hmm. apologizing for is the intention behind the thing. So they're stating the obvious, but they're not talking about the intention that was behind it, that they are wanting to really say, I apologize for not telling you my intention as to why I asked you to sleep over. And I am sorry for not stating that I was looking for something deeper with you when I kissed you. I'm like, you're giving a half apology. And that was still indicative of really like halfway communication because he definitely took it some type of way. Like, oh, you, you, you sorry mm-hmm. for inviting me to stay over? Oh, so you really don't fuck with me. And I think that they're having these individual narratives <laughs> right. that are based on their own insecurities. Haha, <laughs> insecure. Because they are feeling uncertain and unbalanced, they are also not being vulnerable with one another to be able to open up the other door to the deeper communication that they were almost attempting to have, but didn't appropriately have until the end of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, as you were talking, it made me think, I wonder, like, maybe Issa had been going back and forth in her mind about, like, was she going to try to open up this door with Nathan again? But I wonder if her inviting him over wasn't necessarily with the intent to like be romantic with him right like I think she was feeling again overwhelmed and had some feelings around everything that had happened Mm -hmm. with Crenshaw and all of that stuff and so she wanted some support and then he got there in the moment and like she changed her mind or like you know became more open to that possibility yeah I was wondering about that myself because I'm just like well there's a piece of it that feels like when you are in Mm -hmm. I guess your most vulnerable moment who do you turn to And I think that the person that you turn to usually is indicative of what the situation is, because I think that we turn to different people in different moments, but that that is the person that she wanted. I'm wondering if that even may have surprised her at Mm -hmm. all to be like, oh, I actually, I want to be around him. I I want Mm -hmm. his energy. Something to consider to think about. I think that. When I'm looking at like Issa's relationships, Mm -hmm. one of the ones that has like beautiful reciprocity is with Nathan. Like, especially in this time where they've been friends, there has been reciprocity there. And I think that's also what we like about the relationship between Issa and Molly, the reciprocity that we see, where it's not one person constantly taking and the other person constantly giving. That's draining. And I know that people were rooting for Issa and Lawrence And I think that they got to a space where they maybe they could have had some reciprocity, but 
if we harken back to where we started, there was none. And that was the problem. Right. So I agree. Like, I think it was season three where we saw him actually apologize and then disclose the information about his bipolar disorder. Like, I definitely think like that took their relationship to a new level. There was huge vulnerability there. So you're right. I do think that especially in these couple of seasons where we've seen them develop this friendship, Mm -hmm. it has been really beautiful. And I think that's probably why she did call him because it does feel like he is the person she calls for this more like work creative kind of thing right like molly is typically who of course who she calls for relationship stuff but it does seem like she's really leaned on nathan Mm -hmm. for this like work frustration and creative you know kind of thing and so i think it did make sense that he was the one that she called and you know like we saying maybe she was even surprised by the feelings that she felt once he actually showed up to support her and i'm also thinking like the pivot that she's made in her life her work is integrated into her life now mm-hmm. when she was at the other space it was like work was separate from her life like she had to be there and so she was but she was dissatisfied and i think that in building a life that she wants and building the business that she wants it is differently integrated into her life and because it's differently integrated into her, her life mm-hmm. like nathan is part of the catalyst <laughs> for the work right. and she acknowledges that like well, i was blowing in the wind now i got roots and there's a piece of her that will probably always appreciate nathan mm-hmm. more from my conversation with dr Oreo after the break hey ladies it's dr joy here may is high blood pressure education month it's crucial for us especially as black women to focus on our heart health we pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Forum believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Forum is there. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve, 
and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in stores to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. How many times have you arrived in Orlando and suddenly realized you forgot the kids? But then you remember, you had no intention of bringing the kids. You are in Orlando to enjoy yourself. It's an amazing opportunity to have fun and experience all the fun Orlando has to offer. Sure, Orlando is known as the theme park capital of the world, but there's so much more to this destination. It's the place where adults can become kids again, and happy hour happens any hour with never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, and outdoor adventures from zip lining to its beautiful natural springs. And, of course, fireworks every single night. Plus, you have loads of entertainment options, see unique neighborhoods, and can even visit their blossoming arts and culture. Orlando has everything for an amazing getaway with your loved ones or friends, including exciting thrill rides, lush, lazy rivers, and world-class golf and spas. Yes, there's more to see, do, and experience than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. But, you know, I do find myself and I think other people are also feeling this like, can Issa get a new slate of booze? Right. Because it does. It does feel like we kind of go <laughs> like, is there just only this Word. one store to find booze <laughs> we don't need in, to shop in the, the LA area? You know, so I mean, so I think we go back and forth like, OK, do we want her and Lawrence together? Do we want her and Nathan together? And so I think it does beg an important question around like, when might we consider going back to an ex. There's a piece that wants to say like, oh, well, you dumped this person for a reason. The question is whether or not you're willing to dig into the reasons. If you're willing to have the conversations about all the reasons that you broke up, not just on your own and really consider where things have gotten off track or where they got misaligned or blah, blah, blah. A lot of us, because we are in a space of villainizing the person that we were with, sometimes in an effort to move forward, but also because some of us, we think that they are the only one in the wrong period. We never look at where we tripped. We never look at how we contributed, 
So we don't even have the type of growth that would allow us to have a remix relationship with somebody because we don't know how to remix. <laughs> but like, I think about like the way that my partner and I were able to come back. This was months, mm -hmm. plural, of hashing it out of where we went wrong about what he needed from me, about what I needed from him, about what he needed for himself, what I needed for myself about talking about the direction that we are moving in in our lives and being open, honest, vulnerable about it. That mm. was hella work. And I don't know that a lot of people do that type of work when they decide that they yes. want to remix anything. We don't look about what didn't work. We're just like, well, I'm new now. I'm looking like, uh, I'm looking like y'all be, too many people be on that new year, new me. I'm looking like, no, it's a new year. It's just, yes. it's still you though. And there's nothing wrong with it being still you. Yeah, and your earlier point around, like, why Issa maybe even called Nathan that night anyway, right? And, like, the growth that she's seen, I think that that probably is what may be leading her to perhaps, like, have another opportunity with Nathan, right? But I think the communication pieces that we've already talked about may make it different for them to have these kinds of conversations like you're talking about needs to be had before we really even consider like, okay, am I going to try this with this person again? Because, you know, we said the end, we see them in this beautiful shot gazing over LA, right? You know, and it looks like, okay, they both say we don't want to be just friends. So maybe we are going to try something else. But again, how many steps have been skipped for us to now just say, okay, we're going to like try this romantic angle again? You can start with the declaration. Just don't forget the other work that you actually got. Yes, all over the place. <laughs> you should be unpacking. If y'all are going to try again, you need to unpack. The same way that they began, you know, Issa began to right. do with Lawrence. There was an unpacking that was going on. And I'm just like, well, how are you going to unpack with Nathan? Because certainly you're able to see what he, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. value that he brought into your life. Right. And I, I love the way that she just sort of like defended him against his cousin mm -hmm. and it looked to me that in that moment Nathan felt seen right as opposed to being the person that he was he was seen for the person that he is in this moment and seen right. even through what his mental health had sort of produced for him especially in the lives of others right. but I mean you know you can uh, make amends all you want to it doesn't mean that people accept your amends or that they're able to move forward so mm -hmm. His cousin definitely gets to have those thoughts and those feelings. But even that piece was about communication and the lack of vulnerability. What I personally mm. did not like is that this dude allowed his wife to be used to protect himself. He used his wife as a shield between himself and Nathan that let her take the heat and be like, she kicked him out rather than I'm telling you yeah. to leave because... I don't like the way that things are going in my house. And it's too indicative of how I feel like Black women in particular mm -hmm. are just sort of thrown in the mix when it is going to benefit somebody else. And I feel like the individual mm -hmm. relationship that she would have got to have with his cousin, with Nathan, was disposable. That her character was disposable. Yeah. So that he could maintain whatever he wanted to maintain. So, you know, the introduction of this cousin's character, I think, gives us some more insight into maybe 
what was happening with Nathan, but it also made me think like the difficulties he has with communication, because we don't know like how long he had been struggling with like bipolar symptoms before he actually got the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about what those symptoms sometimes look like and the internal experience of somebody who's having bipolar disorder symptoms, I would imagine communication could be difficult, right? Because you're probably feeling very big feelings that don't make sense to you. And then you cannot explain that to other people because it doesn't make sense to you. And so in some ways, yeah, I feel like maybe that is a part of where these communication difficulties come from for him. And so it also made me think, though, what might we see and like what might we learn or what might we want to see in terms of Issa maybe being able to support him with a bipolar disorder? This is something that has happened in my therapy room. I don't know if it happens in other folks' therapy room. But what I find is that when a person has a diagnosis, sometimes they invite their partner to come to therapy Mm -hmm. so that they can have an understanding of how this thing shows up for them. Because everything shows up differently for different people. I've had clients bring their mothers. I've had them bring their partners, a friend, so that this friend, this partner is able to understand like, yo, they have depression. But the depression that you see on TV with these white women is not the depression that they have. It's funny because just this week, Erica Hart had this video where they talked about like falling apart is a privilege and black people don't often have the privilege to fall apart. So Mm -hmm. depression doesn't look like depression or anxiety doesn't look like anxiety. It looks like overachieving. It looks like constantly doing. It looks like maybe having a tough time getting out of bed, but they do get out of bed. They do Mm -hmm. go to work. Maybe they're a little late, but they still do their work or, you know, they do their bare minimum, which still ends up exceeding expectations. But (laughs) it's, it's just like their depression, their anxiety, Black people's self-esteem issues, these things don't always look like what we have been taught that they look like. We try to attribute it to something else that is personalized in the way that it is their fault, as opposed to it being something else that could possibly be going on. And I think that sometimes we want to feel justified in, well, this is just how this type of person is as opposed to there may have been circumstances that actually led up to this. Right. And I feel like this was the cousin's opportunity to remember that he actually loves this man, that he actually Mm -hmm. loves Nathan, and that Nathan is actually family. Like, yes, Nathan did things to hurt you, and he is not absolved of those things, and you still get to see him from your lens based on your experiences at this snapshot in time with him. But I think that we forget that that shit is a snap shot it is one moment maybe several moments it is not the entirety of somebody's life the moment that we meet somebody they have had something else happen to get them to the moment that they get to be in your presence and after they leave your presence they're going to have many more moments to come i think that we sometimes get so hell bent on punishing somebody for the shit that they did way back when that they have already apologized for that they have already attempted to make amends for, we like to throw it back in their face on occasion. And sometimes I wonder, well, what is that saying about us? Why are we wanting to throw that back in their face? Why are we not wanting to see them be able to move forward? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to to know that 
a lot of times like that critical behavior that we have on other people of other people is also internal, right? Like we also yeah. are super critical of ourselves in that way. And so it makes it difficult. Mean. To, yes. It makes it me. It makes it difficult to be gentle and tender with other people when we cannot do that with ourselves. And it comes and that's from the somewhere. one thing that I want for us. Yes. I want us to be gentle with ourselves, mm-hmm. to, to be nurturing of ourselves, to love on us in a different way. Yes. I feel like we, a lot of us have been taught tough love or brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, who told you honesty needed to be brutal? Right. Where did like, where did from? you, where did you pick that up? Yeah. Go put it back. <laughs> Return to cinder. Thank you. And there's so many like little ways that these things show up. And, you know, this is the part where, you know, people groan because I say a lot of that you receive from white supremacist patriarchy. And we don't even see how we continue to replicate that in our daily damn lives. The inability to see people for what they actually are because we have an agenda or because we have a chip on our shoulder. Tell me that name, white supremacy in action. Mm. More from my conversation with Dr. Oreo after the break. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve, and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, 
Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Are you ready for a family vacation you will never forget? One where anything is possible? If so, it's time to plan your getaway to sunny Orlando. Orlando really is the ultimate family destination. It's time to break out the matching bedazzled t-shirt, dust off your go-to dad jokes, and prepare for exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, and fresh new dining experiences, and so much more. Of course, you know that Orlando is the theme park capital of the world, with 15 of the world's top theme parks and water parks all in one place, and beyond the parks, there is also excitement and family fun around every corner. If you're ready to plan an epic Orlando vacation, but you're not sure where to start, you can talk one-on-one with one of their Visit Orlando vacation planners. In Orlando, anything is possible. If you can imagine it, plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. So, you know, the thing that we, the thing that we haven't, to, to get back to Nathan, the thing that we have not seen, though, is any real conversation about, like, what his treatment has looked like, right? So he told Issa, and I don't remember what the time frame was of, like, how long before he told Issa he had gotten that diagnosis, but we don't know anything about, like, is he working with a therapist? Is he on medication? And we also, at least at this point, I think, can kind of be certain, or at least a, a good guess, that, like, Issa may be the only one, and maybe Andrew, who we really haven't seen or have not seen at all this season, are the only ones who know about this diagnosis. And so, you know, we hear Nathan say, like, I want people to see me for who I am now, not who I was then. But he actually hasn't told his cousin and his wife about what is happening, right? And so he hasn't informed them. And I think that's because he doesn't see them the way they are now. What do you mean? Ironically enough, they kicked you out of the house and you won't be vulnerable enough to be like, hey, this is what was going on at that time. I don't know that he feels like they fostered a sense that uh, a space that allows him to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. either. Yeah. So I guess I'm just like, well, you want them to see you differently, but, you know, there's really been no new Mm -hmm. input. I mean, Issa didn't even know that these people lived here. She's thinking they visited. Right. So that means that you have not been visiting with Mm -hmm. him and certainly not visiting with him in a way that you talk about it. And maybe they were avoiding him as much as he was avoiding them or what have you, because, you know, all this lovely water under Mm. the bridge. Yeah, you make a good point there. Yeah, and it seems like, again, 
what Nathan thinks he's communicating is not actually what's being communicated because they're not actually talking. So in my mind, it feels like maybe he invited the cousin and his wife to this like barbecue or whatever to show that he's reliable now, right? Like I got my stuff together. And so now they will just see that I'm different and not like, you know, flaky, quote unquote, like I was when I lived with them. So is there anything else that we haven't covered on this idea of like not being able to change how other people perceive us because Nathan I think says that a couple of times in this episode and Issa agrees like this idea that like you might be a new person but other people might not see you that way like are there suggestions you have around like how to reconcile this past you with this present you honestly the part where Issa said Mm. about waiting for the other shoe to drop I was just like if that ain't your past self and your current (laughs) self Spider-Man meme (laughs) (laughs) i just be like "Ooh, (laughs) we are in the multiverse of madness here it's almost like you're doing the thing to yourself that other people are doing to you when they can't see you for where you are and i think part of it is because we don't tend to live a very mindful life i think that we go through the motions and we don't even think about it half of us get to work and we're not even sure Mm -hmm. how we got there because we were paying no attention we move in autopilot and we're moving in the type of autopilot where we don't even try to sort of dig back in. Maybe not that we don't try, but that some of us are unable to even dig back in, to be mindful, to be awake and open in the moment. We just sort of go through things and we're barely present for it. You know, I think especially in this time frame in a pandemic, right, where so much was like pulled from us so quickly and we're still trying to figure out how to make sense of stuff. Are there other suggestions you have for people who kind of had that feeling of always waiting for the other shoe to drop? I would say take the moment mm. to reflect on when the first shoe fell, because if you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, then one shoe has already fallen. What were the circumstances then? What are the similarities and the differences between where you are now and where you were then? Once shoe has fell, do you feel like you have mm. the skills to deal with another shoe dropping? Because it can rain shoes all your life. And for me, it's about how we mm. allow ourselves space to pivot. It's not a failure that the other shoe fell. It sort of reminds me of what Dr. Jetta Robinson would say about like anticipatory grief. You can anticipate it all day. You can worry about it in advance and plan for it in advance, but when right. it actually happens, it's right. still going to hit different. I can plan for it and move it aside and allow myself to live, to be in the moment and to enjoy the things that bring me joy, to hone in on my desires and live a life that is full of pleasure, to do things that I actually enjoy doing and wanting to share that with the people around me. Because that anticipatory piece that I'm going to live yes. for this other shoe to drop stops you from living in the moment, stops you from being present, stops you from having the experiences that you actually want to have. So we will wrap up here because I know you have to get back to your evening. We will, of course, be staying tuned for everything else that will unfold this season. It's always such a pleasure catching up with Dr. Oriole to chat about one of our favorite shows. To learn more about her and her work, be sure to visit the show notes. And don't forget to text two of your girls and tell them to check out the episode as well. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. 
And if you want to continue digging into this topic or just be in community with other sisters, come on over and join us in the Sister Circle. It's our cozy corner of the internet designed just for Black women. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.